You are listening to a message from Victory. We hope it inspires you to honor God and make disciples in your community. We are in our sixth uh, week of our series, Truth Be Told, okay? Um, <clears throat> on my way here, I, I was reminded of a very embarrassing and painful story. Actually, nag-iisip ako kanina, will I tell this story or not? But this happened when uh, I was applying for a Korean visa. Early in the morning, my daughter and I went to the embassy so that we will finish early. So uh, brought my daughter with me. Then at the gate, they asked for my papers. Can't remember anymore if that's the confirmation of the appointment or the papers. But they asked for my papers and then they asked for my ID. And then they gave me a number. Then after that, I went to the building. And when we entered the building, I saw uh, a lot of people. But I, I still, I, I felt like we're going to finish early. If I'm not mistaken, I think yung application of visa, I think nine, from morning to 12 noon uh, only. So we've waited patiently. I was there. I was looking at the, uh, the numbers being called. So one hour, two hours, I parang palakasan yata dito sa Korean embassy. And I, I saw people coming late, but they're being called uh, ahead of me. So, syempre, baka may nakakakilala sa akin dito. Counting patience. <laughs> so, I've waited 11, and then almost 12 noon, they're starting to close the windows. So, I was a bit mad already and confused at the same time. I'm not sure what's happening, so... I made the decision to approach the win- one of the windows and ask the guy. Nagtanong na ako, sabi ko, your, your system is so inefficient. Okay. <laughs> What's happening here? I have this number. I've waited here. I was early, first in the line, but my number wasn't called. Sabi niya, sir, can I check your number? So I gave the number and said, sir, this is for claiming your ID. You did not ask for a number when you entered the building. <laughs> So I was waiting the whole time. I stayed there for four hours and nothing happened. So we went home, brought my daughter with me. Tapos, bad trip talaga ako, bukas ng pinto. And then my wife was there, opened the door and, sa- and asked me what happened. And my daughter said, nothing. So I walked out. <laughs> So I, I felt really bad during that time because I felt like my half of my day was wasted. I felt like it was really a complete waste of time. And, you know, I, I told you that story because that is uh, really connected to what we're going to talk about here as we look at another story that we're going to look in the Bible, stories that Jesus told. Because uh, as a people, generally... We don't like the feeling of wasting time. Okay? How many of you here, you want your time to be productive? Okay? You hate the feeling of just killing time and not doing anything. You want, your, you want to do something productive. And that's innate in each and every one of us because we're wired that way. In Genesis, when we're created, God said, here's the charge that is given to Adam and Eve that is also a charge for all of us. He said, Go, uh, um, go and bear fruit and multiply and subdue the earth. We're called to be fruitful. Be fruitful and increase in number. 
In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's workmanship. In other words, we are God's masterpiece. Can you please look at the person seated next to you and tell that person you are a masterpiece? Ayan. Work of art. Abstract. But you are a masterpiece. And, and the Bible says you are God's workmanship created to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So when God created you, He prepared you, He wired you to do something in this world. You're created to do something good. That, that is why there's, a, there's that inner sense for, uh, in each and every one of us to do something, to make a difference, to be productive. And this parable we're going to look at this afternoon is really part of a series of parables that Jesus taught to explain to us how the kingdom works or how do we live as part of this kingdom? How do we live our lives while waiting for Jesus' promise to come back again? How do we live our lives? And Jesus told this story in order to explain to us how do we live as people of the kingdom. The story we're going to read today is the parable of, uh, of the talents. Okay, how many of you are familiar with this parable, talents? And, and that's what we're going to look at today. Can you bow your heads with me and close your eyes as we, uh, as we commit this time to God before we read our word for today? Lord, we thank you once again for this opportunity to hear your word. Lord, we, you wired us, Lord, to do something great, to make a difference in this world. God, we thank you. You said in your word, we are your workmanship. We are your masterpiece. And Lord, I pray, God, that you will call out that greatness in each and every one of us today. I pray, Lord, that you will just ignite something in our hearts, Lord, that would make us desire, Lord, to honor you with whatever you've given us, wherever you've placed us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay? If you have your... Bible with you. We're going to read from Matthew chapter 25. And this is a long story, so we're just going to read through the verses and then I'm going to make some comments and application here and there. Matthew 25 verse 14, it says, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents and to another two. To another one to each according to his ability. Then he went away. So early on, uh, I'd like to set the context, when this master went away for a journey, he, the Bible said that he gave his servants talents. Each one of them. One, he gave five. The other, he gave two. And then to the other, he gave one. It was a substantial amount. Some uh, commentaries that I checked saying that one talent is actually equivalent to 20 years of a man's salary. So if you're earning a minimum wage of 400 to 500 pesos, times that to 12 and times that to 20 years, it's like 3.5 million pesos if that's in our currency. So 
some of them receive five talents, one, two talents, and then one. Regardless, there's still a substantial amount. And all of them were entrusted with something. You know, we know that in every story, God is the hero of the story. And in the story, uh, definitely the master represents God and the servants represents us and the way we respond to Him. In this story, we will learn that just like the servants, all of us are given different gifts and resources. All of us are gifted. Can you please turn to the person seated next to you again and tell that person, I'm gifted. Okay, not gifted child, okay? I'm gifted. You are an asset, not a liability. Whoever you are, God has given you something that is valuable. God has given you gifts and talents and resources. You know, browsing through my Facebook news feed this week, I, uh, I saw this short video that I'm going to show you er, uh, later on. One minute video of Nick Vujicic. And I'm sure some of you have heard of him. I've definitely watched many of his uh, preachings and, and talks. But this guy, he's an Australian Christian evangelist. And for those of you who don't know him, he was born without arms and legs. Sure enough, in the early days of his life, he struggled really making sense of his design. Why was I born like this? I have no arms, I have no legs. At one point of his life, he just wanted to die. Until he had an encounter with God. And God opened his eyes and he finally realized that he's actually given something valuable. He discovered how gifted he was and how much God has entrusted to him. By the way, he's married with two kids. He's authored seven books and continually going around the world preaching powerful messages to point people to Jesus and inspire hope in the hearts of people. This guy is gifted. You are gifted. God has given you something important. How many gifted people do we have in this room today? If you know you've received something valuable from God, can you give the Lord a big shout today? You are gifted. Actually, in my notes, I wrote here a title for this message. And the, the title of this message is Victory Greenhills Got Talent. This church is full of people with so much gifts and talents and resources that God has given all of us. You are gifted, you are talented. Some of you are very charismatic. That's your gift. That's one of your gifts. You're very good with people. Like Pastor Larry. If you know Pastor Larry, just give him five minutes. Even if it's your first time to meet each other, just five minutes. After five minutes, you would feel like you've been best friend for years. Very charismatic. Yung iba sa atin dito, 15 seconds pa lang, we don't know what to talk about anymore. We're afraid of people. That's why even before I say amen, you're already at the door. Joke lang. Some of you are very good in math, in music, in, in arts. Some of you are very good in creating wealth, in selling. Some of you are very good in cooking, 
in engineering. I mean, God has given us different gifts. God has given us different talents and resources. And, and that's what we can see in this parable. And, and what is the purpose? 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. That's the purpose of your gift. The purpose is to enrich the life of other people. The purpose is to serve. You know, the purpose of life is not just for us to work and secure our retirement. Some people are working very hard, preparing for retirement. That is not, that, that is not the purpose why we are here on earth. The Bible says we are here and we're loaded with gifts so we can make a difference in the world He created. God has called you and me to serve other people. We're missing the point. If we think that our talents are simply for us to make money, to retire and to die eventually. You know, the talents here also represents... Uh, th these talents really are monetary uh, money, but yet it also represents other things. Not only money, but it also represents opportunities. If you're given talent, if you're given money to invest, you're actually given an opportunity to build something and to grow something. So we are given opportunities. And what I'm encouraged to know reading this parable and I feel like God wants to say to all of us today is that God has loaded our life with opportunities. We are blessed with opportunities. Sometimes we just don't recognize it. Or sometimes we are thinking that it's not yet here. It's something that we're going, we might see in the future. You know, as uh, I posted a vlog this week and... Uh, uh, the, the title of the vlog was Remove Someday from Your Vocabulary. I'm not sure. I think it, it has 7,000 views now. I think it resonated with a lot of people. But what I mean by remove someday from your vocabulary is this thinking that our best hope, our best opportunity, and our best chance for success and to make a difference is in the future. It's someday... When things are better, when we are less busy, when we are ready, when we have all the resources that we need, when, when our situation improves, then maybe I can make a difference. But someday is not going to come. It's not going to happen. We will never be less busy. We will never come to a point that we are completely ready. And we will never have all that we need to accomplish everything that God has placed in our heart. Our greatest opportunity is not someday, it's today. Today is the best chance that we have to do something with what God has given to us. Every day is loaded with opportunities. You know, Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22 to 23, it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. And they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. 
You know, what I like about God is we don't need to wait for January 1 in order for us to have a fresh start. Every day, we can have a fresh start. Every day is a new beginning. Every day, we can press the reset button and have a new start. The Bible says every more, every day, it's, it's a new morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Just you waking up today, you already have an opportunity. The master gave the servants, each one of them, talents for them to invest and to use. In the same way with us, we're all given talents by God. And in Matthew chapter 25, verse 16 to 17, moving on, just like the servants in the parable who were given five and two talents, it says, He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also, he who had the two talents made two talents more. They had that sense of urgency. They did not wait for another day. They did not wait for another year. As soon as they received the talent, the Bible says immediately, they went at once and traded with them. And I believe that's an encouragement for all of us today. You're loaded with gifts. You're loaded with opportunities. And God is saying to you, do something about it today. Do something about what God has given to you. In Matthew 25 verse 18, here's the other servant. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. So there's this servant who was given five, the other servant given two. And then there's this servant who was given one talent and instead of investing it, the Bible says he hid the talent. He did not use. Can you imagine getting 3.5 million pesos? And you're praying to God, Lord, change my life. Change my situation. And then one day, somebody knocked at your door and said, somebody's giving you 3.5 million pesos. <gasps> okay. Tapos pumunta ka sa likod ng bahay nyo, nagukay ka, tapos binaon mo yung check. Tapos balik ka na ulit, Lord, change my life. Change my situation. That's almost like what this person did. And we're going back to him. And we're going to discover and we'll know later why he did that. And verse 19, Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. And his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. So when the master came back, they showed up and they gave a report of what happened. And both of them, the guy who was given five and the guy who was given two, they said, see what happened, what you gave us doubled. And the master was so happy, he commended them. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. 
He promoted them. He said, I will put you in charge more. And then third, he, they were invited. He said, come and share the joy's happiness. Your master's happiness. You know, if you're working here and if you have a boss, it's almost like your boss bragging about you in social media in his Facebook account. best employee ever. Broadcasting to the whole world. Not only that, he gave you a raise. He doubled your pay and he gave you a high position in the company. And then not only that, he invited you in his house to have dinner with his family. Grabe naman tong master na to. He's really happy. You know, with this guy who received five and the other one who received two, they were given two different amount and number of talents, but yet they were both commended the same way. And they were promoted as well. The master didn't compare what they produced. The master did not expect the two to produce what the guy who received five produced. He simply commended him based on how faithful he was with what was given to him. You know, in the same way, we're given uh, talents, gifts, and eventually when God asks us for an account of what he, he has given to us, He will not compare it. He's not expecting you. You know, praise God. God is not expecting me to excel the way Jason is excelling in his field. In the same way, God is not expecting you to produce or excel how I am producing or excelling where God has placed me. Each one of us were given talents and gifts and God will hold you accountable based on the faithfulness that you are putting in what God has given to you. He's not comparing us to one another. That's why it's foolish to compare yourself with others. You know, early on, I struggled with that. Dati nagpipray ako kay Lord, Lord, bakit ganito ako mag-isip? Why do I process information this way? Lord, why am I not that friendly compared to other pastors? Parang tatlo lang yung kausap ko, Lord, I'm ready to go home. I don't want to see people anymore. That's my capacity. How many of you can relate? Sometimes I look at others, why can't I preach that way? And so I would compare until God taught me how to be grateful for what I have. Comparing will lead to discontentment and it will lead to resentment. Eventually, you are going to hate God for creating you that way. Not realizing how loaded you are with gifts and opportunities, just like other people. You know, faithful, uh, the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. Faithful means growing and not simply maintaining what God has entrusted to us. Faithful means growing and not simply maintaining what God has entrusted to us. It means, faithful means not just going to church every single week. Just because we show up in church every Sunday doesn't mean we are faithful. Faithful means what do we do with what we hear every week? So it's not just showing up, but it's really doing something with what we're receiving. It's increasing. How's our relationship with God? How's our faith in God? How's our, how's our marriage, our family, our ministry, our work? Is it the same today like last year? Is it, is it growing? Is it increasing? That's what faithful means. 
And we can see that in the parable. And here's the last part of the parable in verse 18. He also had received the one talent came forward. And the story of this guy is really tragic. Because he was given the same opportunity. He had the same master. But here's what happened. He showed up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man. Reaping where you did not sow. And gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will, be, will more be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And that was really sad. You know, this one talent guy, not only that he was ungrateful, but he made accusation against his master. He said, you're a hard man. You're unfair. You're unjust. You take money where you have not invested. And as we can see from the story, these are not true. These are lies. The master was actually very kind. You know, during that time, it's not common for masters to actually distribute his wealth to his servants. Servants don't own anything. And it's not customary for masters to, if they go away, to distribute his wealth. Even today, we don't do that, right? If you have household helps in your, ho- in your house and you're going out for one-week vacation trip, Meron ba sa inyo dito, iniiwan nyo yung mga bank account nyo? And jewelry nyo sa mga helper nyo? Hindi yung sinasabi, o oh, magboborake kami, eto yung bank account sa BPI, sa'yo yan. <laughs> no, we don't do that. We entrust the house, but we don't entrust the, the wealth and the properties that we have. And the same during that time. It's not something that they do normally, but this master, he wants his servants to start and build something. So he gave them wealth. And not only that, masters don't normally talk to their servant. But he's having a dialogue with them. So this guy made really evil accusations against the master. But the master ride along with his argument. Sabi niya, okay, if you really believe that, if you're saying I'm bad, I'm hard, I'm unjust, because I demand interest where I have not invested, if you, if you really believe what you're saying, you should have invested the money in the bank. Because you know I'm going to demand that from you. So that when I come back, I will earn interest. But you did not do anything about it. I was actually wondering when I was preparing this, the Bible says the master was gone for a long time, long enough for the other servants to actually double what was given to them. So I wonder, what did the servant do while the master was away. He buried the talent. So wala yung amo niya, wala silang gagawin sa bahay. What did he do the whole time? Did he play video games the whole time? Did he just check Facebook or YouTube channel the whole time? 
Did he just do mauling or partying the whole time? I don't know. But the, but the master said, you're lazy. You're wicked. Not only that you're ungrateful, you actually made up stories to accuse me. You made, all this, made up all these lies and you're blaming me for you not being able to produce something productive with what I've given you. So the master ride along and then he followed it up and he said, because I was afraid. I was petrified. Yung mga bata hindi nila alam yun. Sabi niya, but I was afraid. So what he did is he played safe. Zero risk. The safest thing I can do not to suffer loss is to bury this talent. And because of that fear, he did not venture out and he did not invest. God did not call us to live in fear. He called us to live by faith. The opposite of fear is not doubt. The opposite of fear is faith. So we have a choice. We either live by faith, trust God, take risk, step out in faith, and invest what God has given to us, whether that's the ability to speak, whether that's the ability to serve, the ability to give, whatever that is that God has given to you. If you're playing safe, you it's like you hitting your talent. But God is calling us not to play safe. He's calling us to take risk. Not for us to be careless. Yung parang wala nang plano, talaga, careless na lang, risk. No, but faith requires risk. God is calling all of us to trust Him. To actually invest what God has given to us. Are you living by faith? Or are you living in fear? If I, if I give this, will I still have in the future? If I go out and step out in faith, what would people say? I might lose my reputation. And a lot of people are playing safe. A lot of people are not taking risk. A lot of people are not stepping out in faith so that God can do something extraordinary. So that God can multiply what we have. A lot of people are so fearful. If I do this, I'm not sure what they're going to think. And some people are valuing what other people will say rather than what God will say to them when we come and stand before Him face to face. I want to encourage you, if you're always fearful of what other people will say, God won't bless you based on other people's opinion. He will bless you based on your faithfulness, based on your obedience. So if you're always thinking, what will other people say? You are pleasing man rather than pleasing God. And God is calling us to please God. God is calling us to take risk. And God is calling us to live by faith. You know, the main problem of this one talent guy is his false concept of his master. And here's where I want to land. And here's where I want to end this parable. You know, God called us from Genesis up to New Testament. God has called us to be fruitful. To do good works. God has given us gifts to serve others. These gifts are not for us just to become, not, not, not really for us to be famous or to be rich, but to enrich the lives of others. And, and God is calling us to invest, to use it, to double it. This desire to grow what God has given to us and not be like this one guy who was dominated by fear all his life. And he had this False concept about God. All of us, we all have ideas of who God is. Some of us, we get our ideas of who God is from just the books and the movies we've watched. 
or maybe from our teacher in school, or some people made this conclusion of who God is based on their experience. You know, I've lost my parents when I was younger. God allowed my parents to die. Therefore, God is not good. And that became their theology growing up. We have all this kind of picture and idea of who God is. But we have to make sure that we base our theology, we base our idea of who God is, not on our experience, not on what other people say, but in the Word of God. The Bible is the accurate basis of who God is. If we want to know who God is, we have to know God's Word. And he had this false idea, and it affected the way he relate to God, and it affected the way he lived. If, you're, if you know God, if your understanding of who God is is right, it will result to right living. It will result to a right relationship with God and right relationship with one another. One last story. I heard this story from Pastor Dennis. And he was telling us about the story of this guy who participated in one of our Victory Weekend. Actually, not from Victory Green Hills, one of our Victory churches. I'm not going to mention anymore. But during the ministry time, first day, this is the time when uh, the leader would talk to the participant and talk about what God has revealed to him. Is there anything God showed him, especially something that happened when he was younger, during his childhood? And then they would pray together. And this person shared to the pastor ministering to him that is really struggling with hatred for his mom. Because growing up, he said, I, I struggled with hatred because my mom abandoned me. He sold me for, for in exchange for money. And he was, really, he was really mad. And then they prayed together. The pastor ministered to him. And when they prayed, the pastor said, can you, at this moment, think of that time, the time that you remember that your mom abandoned you. And let's pray together that God would heal you. Because many people, they try to bury their past without the past being dealt with, without experiencing healing. And so they thought they've already overcome that, but somehow it still affects the way they live. And so uh, while they're praying, some. God gave him a picture. He cried. Parang baby talaga. He was crying because when they were praying, God gave him a picture. He, God actually showed him the scenario and he saw his mom for the first time. The picture that God showed him was that his mom was actually very sick and dying. And when she was talking to one of their relatives, she knew that his time was near and she's very concerned for his son. And he wants to make sure that when, he di- when she dies, her son will be in good hands. So for the first time he saw, his mom did not actually abandon him. His mom actually loved him so much. Her- and her mom made sure she will be in good hands before she dies. And when she understood, when that actually, when he realized that, Things change. He cried. He repented before God. And his life was never the same again. His false concept was corrected. And I believe the same way with us. I believe that God wants to do the same. God wants to give us an accurate picture of who God is. What kind of God He is.
And in this parable we can see, not only that He's very loving, He is very good, and He is very generous. God has scattered His gifts, and God has loaded us with opportunities. God wants to take away our fear, and He wants us to live by faith. And He wants us to be fruitful while we're here and waiting for His glorious return. Amen? Lord, we thank You for Your Word today. Lord, thank You for opening our eyes and helping us understand how blessed we are. Sometimes we don't realize that. Sometimes we think that, Lord, You've not really wired us to be successful and to be fruitful. But Lord, I thank You that today You've reminded us that each one of us, we've received gifts and talents from You. And You're actually expecting us to be faithful. So Lord, make us faithful. Lord, I pray whatever it is that You've given to us, I pray, God, we will not only maintain it, but we will grow it. I pray it will increase, it will double, it will multiply. It will not only be a blessing to me because you called me to become a blessing. You called us to be a blessing, Lord. And, and I pray we will be faithful with our calling. Lord, open our eyes for the opportunities you're giving us every single day to enrich the life of others. Lord, I pray, God, open our eyes that we might see the opportunities you're giving us to actually build something, to actually grow something and, and do something that will make a huge difference in this world. Lord, thank you, God, that all of us here, Lord God, we are your masterpiece. We are assets, not liabilities, Lord. You blessed us. And, and Lord, I pray that we would live up to that truth. Lord, I also pray for, for all of us here, Lord, that we will know you better. We will have an accurate picture of who you are and of your word. I pray we will be men and women of the word of God. You said that we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. So Lord, I pray God, if there's any uh, wrong picture that we have of you, if there's any lie that's keeping us from obeying you and giving our life to you, if there's any fear, Lord God, that's holding us back, Lord, and stopping us from taking risk and stepping out in faith and going all out for you, I pray God that you will take away that fear. I pray that you will take away that lie in the name of Jesus. Lord, you said that you've given us the spirit of power, not of fear, of sound mind and self-discipline. So Lord, I pray for every person here that you will give us sound mind in the name of Jesus. I pray that you will give us power, power to live the life you've called us to live. And Lord, that you will give us the power to live a disciplined life. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph slash resources slash podcasts.